Jesus, the talk of the town. Everyone was in a gossip mode, sort of like today. Everyone was in a gossip mode about this, this new rabbi, this young rabbi. They saw him as just a teacher. They didn't see him as the master of the universe. That's the problem we have today. We see him as, as a, a prophet. Oh, he was much more than a prophet. He's a prophet maker. But he came to this place. He, he's now the talk of the town. There's a great excitement in all of Jerusalem because of this young rabbi, which is the son of God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But you have to understand Jesus was the talk of the town because he created all towns. He followed his destiny without question. Followed it without question, without contest. The Bible says in John 1, 10 and 11 in the King James Version, he was in the world. And the world was made by him. Who was the world made by? Him. And the world knew him not. The world did not, that which he created did not recognize him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Think about that for a moment. Does that sound a lot like today? Speaking to my wife yesterday, it seems like everything we have done in society and in the world has been to dilute this holy week. Everything. What do you mean by that? I think it's scheduled, set up. To diminish the greatness of this week, the week of what they considered Passover, but we call it the Holy Week. They've scheduled everything where people are going out of town and vacation. And right now, instead of being in the house of the Lord, and I'm, I'm for all that. I'm for, for recreation. I'm for spending time with your family. But there comes a time when you see that you got a Holy Week, and it means something that they have scheduled where everybody is on vacation when we should be in the church, at least thanking him for what he's done. So we're trying to dilute what God said was purposeful. And so at 33 and a half years of age, he waited to take that ride into Jerusalem. Now understand that ride into Jerusalem is what made him ride into my heart, ride into my life, ride into Marietta, ride right into the United States of America. That ride. Because you see, Jerusalem was not his friend. If you'll study the scriptures, you'll find out that he, he stayed away from Jerusalem because it wasn't his time yet. That's what the Bible said. It was not his time. He knew that if he went to Jerusalem, the great religious leaders... Not the world. If you study, you'll find out it wasn't the world that wanted to kill him. It was religious leaders. <laughs> so he didn't want to be in Jerusalem because he knew that his time was not yet. And so he didn't need to die at that time. But this ride that he took in Jerusalem that day would be remembered throughout eternity. From this dusty town, Jerusalem where the world today still focuses on that 
little place. Still focuses on that town. They're still talking about Jesus. Still talking about him. And the day he came into town. In Luke 19, verse 28, the Bible says, And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. Here's his time. And it came to pass when he was come to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, and in which you will enter in, you will find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord has need of him. The Lord has need of him. Even that which is, you have to see this, is an animal that has not been trained. Even that which is untrained, unlearned, can be used of the Lord if it's just loosened and untied. I just wonder how many of us, we don't realize, you say, well, I'm untrained, I'm unlearned, I don't know all I should know. Have you ever thought that God doesn't need what you know? He doesn't need your head knowledge, he doesn't need your head wisdom, he needs your heart. Because if he's got your heart, you can change, you can move mountains. You can accomplish great things. Today we've gathered together because he's still, to me, the talk of the town. He's still the reason I can sing. I sing, the whole song says, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Why? Because his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for watching over me today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that even though untrained and unlearned, he can still use us. So the message of Palm Sunday is a message that everyone needs to hear. We need to make him the talk of the town now. While the world is trying to dilute that which God has instituted, it's time for us to bring it back into full force. I'm not weary. I'm not tired. I'm not ready to give up. I'm ready now to go forward and to see the work of God accomplished. Amen. See, most of us, we understand that Palm Sunday is nothing more than the Sunday before Easter. But this has started the whole track. This was his track toward the cross. And it wasn't easy. How many of y'all, you just got a doctor's appointment and you hate to go? Here's a man, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He knew he was facing an appointment. At least the doctor wants to help you. They were going to kill him. But Jesus rode into Jerusalem. He rode in on that donkey, on an untrained animal. And people took palm leaves and cloaks, their, their, their garments, and threw them in the way <clears throat> in, in the streets to honor him. Because everyone knew that some, something was going to occur because of the prophets. And they wondered if this was the one. And so that's the extent of Palm Sunday for many people, is understanding that he rode down a road with palms, and that was it. But our text started because there's something more to the event and what led up to it. Our text stated that before going to Jerusalem, 
Jesus was in Bethany at the home of his close friend Lazarus, Mary and Martha. Does anybody remember Lazarus? The Gospel of John, chapter 12, records Jesus having dinner with his friends. This was to be Jesus' last moments of peace and comfort on this earth. You see, Lazarus was raised from the dead. One of his last great miracles before he went to the cross. And while he was there, Jesus sent two of his disciples then to get that donkey that had never been ridden on before. Jesus was setting his face toward Jerusalem. I want to draw your attention to a few details about this event. First of all, the fact that Jesus is going to Jerusalem, as I stated before, was very significant. On many other occasions, we find Jesus leaving Jerusalem because of the dangers he faced there. Because of his ministry. His ministry made the, the religious leaders angry. Because they didn't follow their script. So I, I look at this again. I find out he, he, on all other occasions, he wouldn't go. But now he's, and his ministry was mainly in, the, in Galilee. But now, at a time that's gr of great danger, great significance, he goes to Jerusalem. And I would imagine this was a difficult decision for Jesus. How many people know it's not always easy to make a, a decision for Christ? It's just not easy. And it wasn't easy to follow God in this plan. Even Jesus, he knew where it was leading him. But on this occasion, it was especially difficult because Jesus knew what he was going to face this time. He knew what he was going to face. He knew he was about, you don't, you don't think the Son of God knew this? He knew he was going to be tortured. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew he was going to be crucified. And to add to all that difficulty, Jesus was about to enter Jerusalem in a way he had never done before. He was about to enter Jerusalem riding a colt, a donkey. He wasn't going to walk in, sneak in. He was going to make a big fanfare about it. There was no sneak in him. He's going to, he's going to make a statement. He was going to make a public declaration of who he was. I think it's time to make a public declaration of who he is. And not back off. In times of war, you see, a king would ride in, and he would ride in on his stallion or his horse. He's walking in, going into battle, looking all kingly, but not Jesus. He did it as other peace when it's not in wartime. In peacetime, a, a, a king would ride in on a donkey, which signified peace. Jesus was saying, I come in peace, but they refused peace. They refused it. 2,000 years ago, how did the people react to this? The Gospel of John gives us some great insight into the story. Now watch this. John 12, 1 and 2. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, was which was, had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now jump down to John 12, 9. Much of the, of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there. 
and they came not for Jesus' sake only. They didn't come just to see Jesus. But they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted, watch this, religious leaders, not the world, not the Congress, not the Senate, not the military. Watch this. But the priests, chief priests, consulted they might put Lazarus also to death. They not only wanted to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus too. They wanted to kill the miracle. Now I'm going to tell you today, the enemy of your soul wants to kill your miracle. And you need to tell him to go back to hell and stay out of your life. Because he can't kill what God said you can have. Either the word of God is true or it's not. Either miracles are for today or they're not. Whatever God has said, it is a fact. His word is true. And I just, that resonates in my soul today where the enemy is still trying to kill our miracle. Why? Because if the miracle's dead, there's no testimony. There's no witness. He can't kill that which God said we can have. Verse 11, because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus, on Lazarus, on Lazarus, because he raised him from the dead. Well, they might well get rid of you, Floyd, because you were healed. Get rid of Courtney because he was healed. How many of you have been healed in here and you know God healed you? Understand, if that's true, then we need to get rid of you too. Because it stands as a living witness and testimony. Here, they believed on Jesus because of Lazarus. And on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. So Jesus, just a few days before, had raised Lazarus from the dead. We don't know exactly how much time passed by in those two events. But we know that people found out that Jesus was at Lazarus' house. They came not only to see Jesus, but they came to see Brother Lazarus. The Bible says the very next day was Palm Sunday. Here he's eating dinner with his friends, and now it's going to start. So the latest buzz in the city of Jerusalem was the talk of Lazarus being raised from the dead. So when Jesus came into town on Palm Sunday, everybody's talking. There was a great excitement in the air. There was great electricity in the air. And Jesus was the topic of conversation. To add to all of it, it was the Jews' high week of Passover. People were gathering from all over the different regions because of Passover for the celebration. I just wonder how many of us would recognize if Jesus came into town today. I wonder, do we have a close enough relationship with him that if he walked through those doors right now, would we recognize him? He said, well, I would because the angels would be singing and thunder would be sounding. Well, what if he didn't come in that way? What if he walked in looking like a beggar? Because you don't know. He can come in however he wants to come in. I wonder how many of us would recognize him. 
And I say that to myself. Think about it. We get so caught up with how things look and how things should be that we could miss the one who created us. My God. Think about the crowd meeting that day. Many of them that were there were, were there because Jesus had taught them. Jesus had healed them. He had healed them. Many of them were standing there. They witnessed the miracles. He had fed 5,000. He had raised people from the dead. All those things, they, they observed it. But there was other people in that crowd. The scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And you've always got Sadducees with you. The keepers of the law were there. Those who were jealous of Jesus were there. Those who were threatened by Jesus were there. You know we're no different today, Floyd. Other churches and church leaders, it makes no sense. They're jealous of what somebody else has got. And all I want to do is what God's asked me to do here, right here. I'm not worried about what happens next door or 10 miles down the road or 15 miles down the road or, or in the lot next door. I don't care. What I care about is am I doing what God has asked me to do here? But no, not them. They were jealous. There is no such thing as jealousy in the body of Christ. Let me give you your free part. The reason people were taking communion in the, in the, in the New Testament days, and many were sick and suffering and dying, they're taking communion. You say, well, because they had sin in their life and they were taking communion, when the Bible teaches expressly against you being a sinner taking communion, and that had nothing to do with this. Here's what it was. They didn't discern the Lord's body. What did they not discern? They didn't discern Jesus Christ. And so I'm saying it today. What we've missed is we're not discerning who he is and what he is all about. He's still the same as he always has been. So he had all these leaders there and you had the Romans there. You had the occupying government there. They were all watching. And here comes Jesus. On both sides of the road, they're standing, they're hollering. Here comes Jesus. I wonder how Jesus felt that day. Knowing that those same people that are, that are praising him, these same people that are applauding him will be saying crucify him. Why? He didn't live up to their expectation of what they thought he should do. They wanted him to overthrow the Roman Government and Jesus came to overthrow the kingdom of Satan. He could have cared less about the Roman government because you understand if he if he takes care of Satan, he's taking care of the Roman government. Are y'all catching this? So here they come in, they get angry at him, and they crucify him. He sheds his blood on on Calvary, and now he's set up for the greatest event on the planet Earth where heaven and earth truly came together on one day where that blood was shed into the earth. The same earth he created tasted of his blood and it changed everything forever. And it all started on Palm Sunday. 